old guys talk metal. And sometimes punk. You're listening to the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk podcast. 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 Bob Pantages. Yo. You're on the Old Guys Talk Metal and Sometimes Punk podcast with Sean Hart and Bobby V. Hey. What's up, fellas? Thank you for being on the show. It's an honor to have you on. And we're going to have a great fun. Let's have some fun. Let's talk some turkey. <laughs> Let's talk about the business, man, the music business. Out there. You've been doing it for how long? Oh, for fuck's sake. Can I say fuck, by the way? Yeah, yeah. you can say it all you want. You're good. Good, because I, I use that word pretty often. Um, so do we. I don't know. I've been, I've been doing this shit for almost all my life. I mean, in one form or another, in one part of the business or another. Um, I guess it's like a, a bit of a curse or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Do you remember your first show you ever did as far as production goes? Wow. First show I ever did as far as production. Holy shit. God, I, I cannot remember what that could be. Um, <laughs> wow. We don't want to stump uh, you right off the right off the some, top of the some, show. Something stupid. Something that, you know, was like that I probably was not interested in musically or anything, but just thought it was fun being in that environment. Perhaps I can't remember what the show would be though. Honestly, probably some radio show or some, something stupid or Rod Stewart. Deep banana blackout. What's that? (laughs) Deep banana blackout. (laughs) What in the world is that? Not. Well, the same clown posse, that's a throwaway. Yeah. Hey, right out the, right out the window, you throw them on the I juggalos mean, right out. You there, Bob? I'm here. Cool. All right, so <laughs> I just want to throw this out there for those who don't know. Bob Pandagis has been a long-time production, stage, and crew manager, a mastering engineer, Really, too many shows to name. Too long in the show business to even name it. Uh, started in Illinois, right? I did. And then moved on. Big fan of the Grateful Dead. We're going to throw that out there. Still am. And uh, has done basically too many shows really to name. Uh, if you've been in Southern California and you haven't met Bob Pantages, then you haven't done a show. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Let's just throw it out there. So, Bob, are you from Illinois? I am. I was born in Chicago. You and me both, my friend. Oh, right on. Chicago born, South Side. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Fucking A. So, what was your first? What was your well? Well, Chicago has a lot of venues. Yeah. You know, they have air around ballroom, I, the Metro. I, oh, you know. Tell you the first venue of my memory going to, seeing a show. Um, so this was, man, this had to be, wow, let's see, shit. It was, so I was, my, my, my real father, the Pantages, right? He died when, before I was two years old. So I didn't, re- I didn't know this person. I didn't right. know my father. Okay. Nor his family. Ooh, we're getting fact, deep. After they died, after he died, they kicked my mom and I away. They said, get the fuck away. We don't want anything to do with you. Wow. And all I have is their name, essentially, right? They have they have this whole um, 
history of theater and being in the business for over a hundred years. And I just kind of fell into it just kind of on my own. And, and I don't think I would ever want to have rested on what they built to get in. I like doing things on my own anyway, whatever the fuck that was worth. When I was probably two years old or thereabouts, I remember going to Wrigley field with my mom and her best friend, Brenda, and we were there, and we saw uh, the Jacksons. Oh, that's Jackson right. Yeah, Jackson 5, five right? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the original. And, uh, and I remember my mom wanted to go down closer, and, and I stayed with Brenda, and I remember crying my fucking eyes out because my mom went down close to the stage, and I did not like that at all. So that's my first musical uh, experience in my life that I can Wrigley remember. Field. Traumatic, but exciting at the same time. So, Bob, there's yeah. a there, there's a there's a mystery here that we've all wondered. Mm. Pantages Theater, mm-hmm. related or not? Yeah, yeah. So that was it, 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 I am. Um, okay. And I discovered that through various photographic evidence that that I've been presented. Uh, that's been handed down to me and stuff, and just looking at the family name, wow. where they came from, and everything. And uh, there are pictures of my father in Los Angeles uh, as a young man. And there's no no reason whatsoever for my father to be in Los Angeles, having been born in Hartford, Connecticut. Right. Other than our relatives. Uh, Alexander Pantages, I believe his name was. He's the guy who started it all. And I think my father was out here working for him in one capacity or another. And uh, like I said, the, the, the family is very private. They've, they've shunned me and my mom for whatever reason, you know? And uh, so I don't know any of them. I don't, and so whatever. Who cares? Right. Who cares? But it's always been a mystery because your name's Bob yeah. Pantages and the Pantages yeah. Theater, of course, in L.A. is famous. So is the mystery, uh, is it your theater? Is the mystery cleared up? I, I'm confused. He's not, from, Bobby is not from L.A., so he has no idea. No. Yeah, the oh. Pantages well, Theater is. I know the yeah. theater. There's, yeah. actually, there's actually a bunch of them all around. There's hmm. one in Minneapolis. Hmm. There's one in Oakland. They're throughout Canada. There's in uh, Tacoma. They're wow. all over Tacoma. the place. There, there was actually a big chain of vaudeville theaters back in the day. So it had some presence. All right. So next question, Bob, this is going to get a little deeper. Okay. <laughs> Brian Johnson or Bon Scott? Oh God. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, you have shit. There'd be no ACDC without Bon Scott. Okay. That's true. So I, I have to, I, I, although I, you know, I'm in my fifties. So I grew up with, with, you know, Brian Johnson vocals primarily in my ear. Right. 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 As a kid growing up. So I can respect what he did. Um, but without, man, without the original though, shit, it would have never, it would have never been. And I think, I don't, I don't, I not, and who could they have gotten? Who else could they have gotten? Right. I mean, shit, that's a tough spot to fill. But we know how they got 
Brian Johnson. We talked about this before. Tell him, Bobby. Bon Scott actually saw his first band, Jordy, playing in a bar. And he went back, told Angus and the boys about this great singer. And he got to come see Jordy at this bar. He's an awesome singer. Bon Scott actually brought Brian Johnson to the yeah, band. So it, I, yeah. In a weird sort of way, he kind of brought him into the band. I mean, as his replacement. But, I mean. That's it, a trip. It is a trip. But it's the music world, right? Well, <laughs> maybe it's. That's how it was supposed to be then, you know? Yeah, maybe so, it was fate, you know? Yeah, yeah. So this is what this is an argument I was having with Ben Moore earlier. If you were in PB drunk and you came out and you were getting in a fight and it was Bon Scott, do you think you could kick his ass? <laughs> Ooh, and I was drunk? Yeah, if yeah, we were both drunk. Everybody's ass when I'm drunk, yeah, no problem. Right, but but do you no think problem. you could kick Do you think that Brian Johnson would kick your ass? No way. Not on his best day. Even when I was sober. <laughs> yeah, the, the wife beater and hat doesn't really do it. It doesn't? It doesn't inspire fear in me, no. I think Brian Johnson would kick my ass, and I think I could I'd, totally kick Bon Scott's ass. I'd be I, I'd be more afraid of Lemmy, you know? Lemmy, Dude, he, Lemmy. I know. I've met Lemmy before. He's not that bad a guy. He's not, he's but fine. he could probably still kick your ass. Right. <laughs> he probably could. <laughs> we'll give him that. So t- tell me, I mean, you've done a million shows, I'm sure, but any really memorable one to stick out that, like, you know, that was one of the best shows I've ever done or ever seen in my life? Mm, well, I mean, for me, just as far as pure fun, Shawnee is when we worked um, uh, the show that had Zap opening up for the Sugar Hill Gang. Sure. Wow. Okay. That, that was actually, for me, just one of the most, fun, enjoyable shows. That was I've like ever... a radio station promotion show, right? It was like it was a kind of what yeah, it was a Lakeside. Help me out. Lakeside, maybe Zap. Yeah, Lakeside could have been on the bill. Zap was definitely before uh Sugar Hill, I remember. And because you were dicking with their keyboards and stuff that they, they were all like rolling keyboards. Right. Wire shit, right? Yeah. Keyboards on yeah. keyboards cool. on rolling stands. Yeah, it was a cool setup. It was actually a very cool setup. That's the first time I came in contact with Witty, wireless MIDI. Right. I had never seen it before. Yeah. I was like, how the hell are these guys going to do this? Right? Yeah, it was techy and cool. And, man, that was a funky-ass show. You Hmm. know, it it wasn't the biggest show, but it was just a really fun, positive, upbeat, happy show. And, uh, man, it was just a great time great experience and 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 i think people were caught off guard that i was enjoying myself so much at that show they'd never seen me like actually enjoy what we do right they're like oh man that guy actually uh, he might like music (laughs) 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 like yeah and it's probably not the music you're even thinking i like even though you know i like the dead i like this shit too you know dude i have so many stories about you that I can't even contain my mind right now mm. because there's so, <laughs> there's so many, I knew them all. Mm. Oh, there's so many funny stories about so many shows that I can't even, I can't even get there because it'll take literally hours <laughs> about how many funny things happened at so many shows. Isn't there a Billy Idol story you want to tell? Let's hear the oh, Billy Idol story. Come Billy on. Idol. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, so Billy Idol's great. 
you know, the artists, the band, sure. Steve Stevens, those guys, they're, they're really, they're fucking great. They are awesome musicians and they're really serious about what they do. And they, they want to put on a great show. Of course. So I have, I have mad, mad, mad respect for those people and, and their production people behind them. They're actually good, solid people. And there might be a misguided person or two here or there mixed into a crew that we come across. We've all we've all dealt with people who, you know, make some funny decisions sometimes. Well, <laughs> there were a lot of funny decisions made about that particular show. Correct. The, the, the producer of the show wanted, well, the promoter, I guess, I guess I'll call him the, the buyer promoter wanted the show set up in the venue in a, in a strange kind of a fashion where it was um, uh, set up. So it was very wide, but shallow. So it wasn't very deep. Can we call and it a bottleneck? It was, it was quite a bottleneck. I guess you would call that. Yeah. And, and the uh, budget for the show back then, you know, the budgets were very, very small. Because these guys were just using these shows as a promotional tool. And so they would try to do the show with what they had on the property. The property had quite a bit of stuff. It is it's like Bill Jack's decking and, you Bill know. Bill Jack's decking. Oh, God help yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Mickey Mouse stuff. Fair state, state fair stuff. State fair stuff, exactly. Right. That kind of stuff. Uh, you know, whatever lighting rig, very simple structure. And I remember for the PA, we <laughs> they we ended up using two two reach forks to to fly the PA. Correct. <laughs> because we had no other options available to us at that time. Like they weren't gonna, they didn't want to spend the money to build the staff. And this was like stuff they had there, right? Again, back to the stuff they had there. Uh, and then, you know, they put up some like chain link fencing up in front of it. So that's kind of like the scene oh, for man. the production. Not very tight. I had for right? completely forgotten about the scissor jack stacks that were out in the audience. I totally forgot about right. that. <laughs> right. right. That's right. And so you'd have delay clusters on scissor lifts out <laughs> in the crowd because it was so wide. Right. Right. Yeah. So and these things were big and obnoxious, so it was really ugly looking stuff. I gotta say, it was ugly looking. But it wasn't our know, best show. <laughs> well, it, it was like, well, this is what you're given to work with, and this is this is it. And there was like, you know, there was no money to put into it back then. Well, we I remember we had a problem with one of the forklift hydraulics. The the stage left PA started dro uh, drooping down. And then to the point where it was, it was coming down so far. And this was pre-show, thankfully, uh, because during the show, this would have been a catastrophe. Anyway, the back end of the forklift started to come up. And we, I mean, we had a serious fucking problem. We had to work out. <laughs> thankfully, we had some smart people there and we got it worked out. We got it, we got it situated and got the thing, uh, corrected for the show. It was ugly, but we made it happen because we didn't have time to bring in a whole new forklift and do all these other things, nor was it available. Right. Right. So anyway, so this is the scene. Sorry for the long setup. So Billy Idol, you know, they come in, they want to play their show there. We load in the production in the morning. 
which is a bit of a hokey pokey thing because you, now you got to drive through an eight and a half foot tall tunnel to get everything that they want to bring in to the stage. So you got to flatbed everything in. And of course, the flatbed truck is so high. You know what I'm saying? It's four feet high. Oh, I forgot so you've got four part. and a half feet of storage space you can bring through at any time. So it's a cluster. So anyway, Merch Guy gets out there and Merch Guy uh, sees the setup, you know, he's, and, and I show him where we're going to put Merch, which is in the back of the house. It's in a safe area. It's next to, next to some vendors of, you know, food and beverage, stuff like that, where he's safe and he can get change and he's in a secure area. Well, he decides that next to the front of house is where he wants to be because that's the best place. <laughs> and I said to him, I looked at him, I said, hey, um, I'm going to tell you what, that's a really bad idea. That's an <laughs> uncontrolled area. Like, I can't, I can't provide you any security there or anything. Like, there's, like you're just out in the open, man, and, like, how do you get to and from and, you know, like all these problems, like it was difficult and he wasn't listening. He wasn't having it. He was going to do it his way. And I finally, I just said, Hey, fine. Fair enough, man. Do it however you want. All good with me. So the show happens after the day event, right? This is a free show after the, the day's event. The people come and man, did they come? Damn, they came, they came, and they kept coming and coming, and it was a swarm. I it re- was massive. I just want to set and, this up. It was yeah. a, We had imagined 10,000 people, and about 30,000 showed up. It was stupid. I don't know if there were 30,000 exactly, but it was a massive swarm. It was well beyond what security can handle, well beyond our capacity, well beyond what the PA could do. I mean, it was just so far fucking beyond what we were capable of producing that day. Anyway, it happened, right? So the show went on, right? The show must go on. That's the stupid fucking thing that we all live and die by. And uh, and and sometimes it's the wrong decision. Well, the show went on. Sometimes it's the, sometimes wrong it's the right call, though, right? Sure. In case of like, case of like Ice Cube. We'll get right? into that later. But, oh, the Ice but Cube show, yeah. We'll get into that later. Anyway, um... <laughs> The show goes on, and the crowd is like, the you know, the band is fucking smoking hot. They're they're bringing it. They're feeding off the energy. The crowd is feeding off of them. It's loud. We didn't really have any TV restrictions necessarily. In fact, in other than we bother some animals in the area, um, and you know, the crowd was surging, and they didn't like that there was the fences on stage left and right and they were covered with material they couldn't see behind and the crowd just decided they weren't having that shit and they tore the shit down like they tore the fences down they were like they were like broaching the backstage area down and it was becoming a madhouse and during all of this merch guy old merch guy oh yeah I know where I'm gonna be it's going to be the spot. Oh, yeah. It was the greatest spot in the world for every fucking rabid fan who wanted that Billy Idol merchandise and didn't <laughs> want to pay for it. And they just took it. And they took every bit of it. 
every fucking thing that guy had was taken. I mean, everything. He was left with nothing except for tears and then complaints to me about how I was responsible and how I was going to pay for that. And I made him quite aware under no uncertain terms that, huh, indeed, you you relinquished my responsibility when you went against my word. You went against my better judgment. You said this is where you were going to be and you were going to do it and blah, blah, blah. I said, so you now have to pay the price and suffer the consequences for your losses. Wow. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be uh, talking to people about this. Hey, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, here's my card. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is ridiculous. I told you it wasn't safe and not to be there. And you, you did it anyway. And that we learned a lot of lessons from that show. We had to. We absolutely had to. And, and, and I'm, I got to say, in a weird way, I'm thankful it happened because it opened the promoter's eyes. Well, I remember this night in particular because it was the only night that Bob Pantages was freaking furious with me. He, you, <laughs> I was? Yeah, oh, dude. It was great. Okay, so here it is. Okay, you probably don't because you had a lot of things going on. Ooh. I was standing on the subs, pulling people that were getting crushed out of the audience from the from the rails, from the gate, from the from the crush, up onto the subs. Little girls. You know what I mean? Right. I was there right. with like I was there with like Fogs and a couple other just road dogs trying to save these people from the crush of bodies that happened. The whole <laughs> the whole the whole the whole crowd control area got crushed. Thousands of people came over the fence. <laughs> yeah. No, it was a mess. The whole backstage area, including a massive beverage cart. Got pushed over. The whole, the porta johns pushed over. Everything backstage was crushed by thousands of people, right? All this water, Smurf water yeah. from the toilets, water yeah. from the, water from the beverage area. This was not in your, cause you weren't in that area, but I was. All this water poured into the feeder, into the electrical area. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and girls were walking with their high heels like newborn colts trying to make their way through this <laughs> flooded area in their high heels in the feeder. And I and I ran up to the I ran up to the guy, the red jacket guys in the security outfits, and I started screaming at him. And I cursed at him. And I told him that he was the biggest fucking idiot ever. You know what I mean? I literally blew up at this guy. And you called me up the next day and you said you need to call the security people and apologize if you want to keep your job. And I was like, what? And you're like, yes, you do. You need to call the security guy and apologize. And you know me, I'm never going to apologize. I hate the security people. <laughs> I literally bowed my head down and said, Bob's right. I called him up the next day and I said, look, I'm really sorry that I yelled at your guy and told him he was a fucking idiot. And he was, but I just want to be. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the but, facts never change. But I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> and then we couldn't get Billy Idol to, to get the audience to help, tell him to calm the audience down. Everybody was no, crazy. No, no, they, they weren't. They, they didn't. They didn't really care about that. They liked it. Like yeah. that was like punk. 
Remember, Pilly was a punk. Yeah, it's punk to him. He was dangerous, is what it was. But who reimbursed <laughs> Billy for the <laughs> lost merchandise? Who reimbursed <laughs> Billy? Dangerous. Oh, that merch, man. Fuck, that guy's just out. He was just assed out. Now, you know, all that, all that stuff's owned by merch companies these days, and, and they're, they're, they're big companies now. Now, back then, I don't know how big of a company that was that owned that Back stuff. then, it was a dude but traveling. It with could him. have been that dude's stuff. You know what I'm saying? And I feel bad for the guy. Trust me. It, but but in no way do I feel responsible for his loss because I advise strongly against being there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. come on, take responsibility. That was a gnarly show. Great show, but gnarly. Holy moly. Okay, so i got another weird question for you. Mm. We know you're a big Queen fan. Yeah. What did you think about the Queen movie? Uh, wow. Okay, honestly, uh, I had to turn it off. You did? It's hard. To, it's hard to see the guy from iRobot as Freddie Mercury. Yeah, it just—I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just oh, actually, Mister Robot. Sorry, Mister Robot. It just—I don't know, man. Just for me, just it just—it was like trying so fucking hard that I just couldn't buy into the authenticity of it, and I just had to turn it off. And everybody's telling me how great it was and everything. And I got to be honest with you, I'm one of those people, like, if everybody's saying, oh, man, uh, Red's the best color, and everybody in the whole world says Red's the best color, I'm probably going to be the fucking guy going, ah, I still like black. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, yeah, everybody's telling me how great it was, so I was just like, yeah, I was reluctant to see it. And I and I just kind of caught it by accident. Somebody was just streaming it, and I, and I saw it from the beginning. And I got about 20 minutes into it, and I just said, I just stood up, and I was like, I can't watch it. And I probably missed some good shit, I'm sure, potentially, but I couldn't get into it. Okay, so what? But, yeah, but most of us already know the true Queen story, anyway. You know, was it the fake Queen story? Yeah, it, no, but I mean, we already know the story. We don't need this guy replaying it on, on a movie, right? Yeah. You're better okay. off watching yeah. a Queen documentary, <laughs> you know? right? Right. Right. So I didn't turn it off. I watched it. I thought it was pretty good. What about the Elton John movie? Oh no! I thought I was. Oh, oh no! Come on now. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Either did I. I don't watch a lot of. <laughs> it's, it's basically a musical. It dances around and all this. St- I don't know. It's psychedelic, right? It goes weird. Yeah. Yeah, it gets weird. Is so, that right? Is it like is it worth seeing even, or is it just? No. <laughs> no. Forget it. We're gonna stay out of it. All right. All right. Okay. So word of the word, John was telling me you guys to drive around a lot, listen to a lot of Iron Maiden in the car. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No, I'm a huge Iron Maiden fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever done? Any, like, I'm sure you've done some Maiden shows, right? Yeah. What's that? I'm sure you've done some Maiden shows. You know, I think I have in the past. Um, they, they, but they're infrequent. Those guys don't seem to come around here too much. You know, uh, or maybe I miss them. I don't know, but they don't seem to come Cali too much, or I don't know if they cut to tour the states too much. Well, fuck, nobody tours now. But right. um, you know what I'm saying? Like they're they're one of those fans. Like um, they're man, the fans of Iron Maiden are hardcore. Like they're you know uh, they'll go anywhere to see that band because I don't think that they play enough shows to satisfy the demand. Right. We, we just saw him here in Phoenix for the Legacy of the Beast tour. It was their, like the greatest hits tour. 
Wow. That was about yeah. a few months ago, Sean, or what? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was about six months ago. Yep. Yeah. I got. I actually uh, called the old favors and got the Live Nation booth for that night. It was nice. Nice. Excellent. I mean, what about, but what about Maiden State Show? I mean, they bring the whole entire state show to the U.S. I mean, it's got oh, so much production. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, it's epic. Those guys are serious about their craft. I mean, you gotta, you gotta appreciate. It. And they've always, they've always been into that whole thing. Like they've always had big sets, and they're, they're just a, it's a, it's a big fucking band. You know? I mean, sound. Like they the opened the show with a, they brought a, a full size Spitfire into the crowd <laughs> for, for, for Aces High. I, I, who does that? <laughs> of the giant fight of Icarus, he just covers a whole entire stage. It yeah, drops down so in flames. Funny. It's crazy. Yeah, Ed, Ed, Ed Fletcher uh, insisted on listening to Maiden whenever we drove anywhere we went. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good man. And, and one other thing he always insisted upon, stopping so, at a McDonald's. I got a stopping question at a McDonald's, for you. I got right. a question for you, Bob. Yeah. yeah. D or Ozzy? Ronnie James D or Ozzy Osbourne? Who's your choice? Ooh, wow. Gosh, cause, well, I like both. I mean, I... I have good memories of seeing Ozzy Osbourne front row as a kid a couple times over in Springfield, Illinois. So epic shit. But man, grew up listening to Dio and loved Dio and worked with Dio a number of times. And what a fucking beautiful man he was. Tell My us, God, that, that tell, guy was just a beautiful person. Tell, tell us about the Heaven and Hell rehearsals. Oh, they, so that was down at the, at the amphitheater, right? If right. I remember right, yeah, yep. yeah, and those guys were so chill. Ronnie James comes out like fucking doobie and a fucking glass of wine and shit, just hanging out and chilling, shooting the shit with people and stuff afterwards. I mean, just a regular dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, I could never imagine Ozzy Osbourne doing that in his lifetime. Right. You know what I'm saying? Completely right. different guy. You know, theatric. You know, that guy, theatric. Yeah. Dio, he's a real dude. He was a, he was he, a real guy. Like, he was down-to-earth guy, and he always cared, totally. he cared about everybody, I think. And I think he did. I don't think, I mean, I don't know too many stories where Dio got pissed off at people. You know, he's wow, usually pretty cool. He, you know? I've never, I never, I never saw that. So I can only go by what, what my personal experiences were, and, and he was always, in a real happy spot whenever we encountered him. And I don't know if it was the live shows that made him, you know, excited or what, but yeah. I, or maybe we caught him on a good night. I don't no, know. No, he was always kind to me. I never known Dio do anything wrong. I mean, he's a consummate professional, you know, and, and like you said, unlike Ozzy, he never warmed up once for his shows. He just had his bottle of wine and, and a cigarette or a doobie, whatever he did, and went on stage. Yeah. He didn't warm up for nothing. Why he's Dio? What do we? You know, he sung for Rainbow and Black Sabbath. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but so, Ozzy, Ozzy has to warm up after every for every show. I know that. We've well, even we've even heard rumors that Ozzy had a had a backup had a singer. He had, had a ghost a, singer on the stage. Well, you know, shit. If that wouldn't that wouldn't be too far out of play because um, I mean, look what look what bands do now. You know what I'm saying? They have the digital performer off on stage left next to monitor guy. You know, right. back there, monitor world tucked away. Playback guy. We know you that. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the digital performers have been around in some form or another, whether they've been, you know, supplemental 
performance enhancing thing. This is a show. This is a show. So there, there are tricks that are used to, um, to give the people the package that you think they want or that you want to deliver, right? As the artist. Yeah, I mean, people want to hear the pretty much hear the album sound in concert, right? I think a lot of people do, yeah. But even a lot of like live concert albums are just overproduced. Like, was an exit stage left by Rush? Wasn't that redone in the studio? I know Live at Budokan was Cheap Trick Live at Budokan. Yeah, yeah. So it was UFO Strangers in the Night. Yeah, UFO. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, people like yeah, but it might be a live album, but is it really live? Okay, so right. I, want to, I want to bring up one more thing. <clears throat> Do you remember the Aerosmith show? Aerosmith. Um, I remember the. this was this the show where they had like a B stage up on the lawn or something like that. Could have been, but I think it was Motley Crue and Aerosmith. And Aerosmith. I, man, you know, I did a number of Aerosmith shows through the year, through the years, and they were never my favorite shows in general. <laughs> nice. I mean, they they would just pack in too much shit for the venue. You know, like they would just they would take it to the extreme and then then add more to that. And like you couldn't even imagine how they could do it. And uh, so, like a twenty the, truck show is what you're saying. Oh, or, or more. You know what I'm saying? Because they would have a whole stage set up on the lawn that you would that would take you a day or so to build. And right. I mean, it was complex and convoluted for three songs, you know? Cool for the fans. Super fucking cool for the people stuck up on the lawn. You know what I'm saying? And cool for all the people working the show, too, in, in reality, because, you know, they're getting paid by the hour and shit, so more work, more hours. I mean... But it was, but it was always really grueling, really grueling. You know, it's almost like a stadium type of show that you're loading in and packing in. You know, within you know a day's time, basically. Yeah. Or if you might have a pre-rig day where you could start building that B stage if you're lucky. It was it was gnarly stuff for sure. Not not my favorite band, and you know. Yeah, I, they're hit or oh, miss. You know. Whatever. I mean, you know, I. I, I think I like like I just enjoy watching the people get off on whatever they whatever music it is that we're we're doing that night. That for me is excitement. I like seeing that. That's cool. I don't whatever about the band. I don't even if it's you know even if it's Grateful Dead related. Now, if it's really the Grateful Dead, I'd be all eyes and ears on them. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's a job and, and I'm trying to focus on what we're really doing, but I love seeing the people dig it. Yeah. So what do you think now everything going on in the current state of affairs, the future of the live concert industry, what do you think? What's on your mind about that? Mm, man, it's so, gosh, I wish I had a crystal ball right now because it's so up in the air. Off, so I, I, I gotta tell you that I, you know, I have a lot of uh, mixed feelings about this whole thing that's going on right now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it goes well beyond this program and and goes too deep to to get into it at all. But suffice to say that uh, it's a bunch of bullshit, number one, you know, that we can't work 
and that we're being restricted in this in this capacity because what it's what it's done is torn down so many people's uh, income opportunities and their and just living life and stuff. You know, I mean, there are so many arms and facets that come off of this industry and how it's going to look when it reshapes, like, you know, is going to ultimately be determined by agencies that have no business determining our future and how we operate, to be honest with you. Right. So there, there, it's, it's going to be hard to answer because there, there are people that are continuously using theoretical models to predict shit when there's empirical data available to give you actual results. You know, when you look at and you chart the data, you're like, okay, I can see what the fuck's going on here now. So it's a little confusing as to uh, how these plans are being made, uh, what guidelines they're going to follow, what guidelines will be in place, you know, what new laws or regulations will, will come to rise or be in place. So it's, it is a, it is a wide open anybody's guess game right now, to be honest. Anybody says they know what's going to happen, either is on the inside or bullshitting you completely. Right. There's no way of telling right now. And, and it's affected so many, so many people just as a, as a production stage and crew manager over the years, how many people this is affected. I mean, they lost their jobs overnight and they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. And they're so, saying concerts come back what twenty twenty one? We can and we could give a shout out to Crew Nation for trying to do something. Hey, but, you know what? But it does, it's, you know. It, it's admirable, right? They, you know what? It, what that showed was, hey, we care. We actually care. We give a shit. Without you people, we can't do this. Here's something. Anything? Something. No, it's not going to do anything for you. You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna change your life. But we know that we know that Live Nation's making zero right now. Oh, and the, and the, the fact that they were able to try and pay forward to help some of those people is a good thing. Yeah, we'll give it that. Yeah, we'll it, it's a wonderful thing, and it and it it makes you appreciate working with uh, a promoter of that stature. You know, I'm Correct. I've been worked with them forever and ever, and and the people I've always worked with have been always been good people and they've always been right and this is just an extension from the corporate arm that that uh is what i've been shown through the years personally right so I, it's awesome i'm real excited and happy and hopefully all the people that could get it got it because they deserve it right Absolutely. Everybody forgets about what happens behind the scenes. Dude, I, 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 I think truck loaders, truck drivers. Yeah. Think about upstaging. Yeah. Think about yeah. think about the people that think about people that drive the prevosts. Yeah. Think about the, all those bus drivers, yeah. Think about think the about catering the people. The, think about all the companies that, that all the vendors that invested it, millions of dollars in brand new equipment for the 2020 tours that are never going to happen sound image i mean the list goes on and on it's audio design yeah Local audio design. design audio design yes definitely they, they just they just bought new digito and new uh new uh avid consoles and bought more dmb i mean these aren't jokes either these are these are 
<laughs> these are hundred thousand, two hundred and fifty thousand dollar sound systems we're talking about yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. They spent a boatload of money. Now that there's no work. None. None. Literally zero. zero. Yeah. For and, months, you know, months and months to come. These thriving concerts, there's no sound systems. They're F F M broadcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got no PA. <laughs> so you right. can't rent that. You know, I mean, it's just been turned upside down. So um, it, it's it's going to be one of those things where um, we need our our country's leadership uh, and the other politicians to uh, to do the right thing, man. To do the right thing here because it's killing so many people. You know, it's killing so many people, and, and our industry is the one that is uh, constantly. Uh, being neglected. No one talks about the entertainment industry. All I've heard about is the hospitality industry. Yeah. And man, I feel for them. Trust me. I, I get it. Hospitality it's is another arm of that. Yeah. True. Absolutely. That's what I was, that was my point exactly is that shit, man, we provide the hospitality industry or our, our entertainment industry provides hospitality and all kinds of other furious industries that just fly off of this right uh so many gigs so many hotel uh lodgings so much food and crew and i mean it's just it's overwhelming all the all the places it touches well it or, here's uh, the other thing is that uh these are people who a lot of times are 1099 uh yeah. th- th- there's a lot of people that it's like the gig economy yeah. if you want to call it that whatever this is the real deal is that yeah. the, I mean, this is a real deal because you know, we could, we could become jaded watching John legend on uh, good morning America or whatever streaming from his living room, become jaded by that and say, mm-hmm. what the, what the hell does he have to worry about? The guy's worth millions. You know what right. I mean? Right. Well, is he really sacrificing right. anything to, to, for togetherness of the, of the world? You know what I mean? We could become right. jaded, but, but what he represents is a, a freaking shipload so, of people. It, it's it's tremendous, and it and it's unseen because it's that unseen is the nature of our business. You know what I'm saying? That's like the nature are, of the business is to be unseen. Is, yeah, we're unseen. We're the people in black. We're the people behind the house that you never see, and if you do, you wouldn't. You don't recognize. We're we're usually dudded up in black and. We're, you know, we're business and we're getting from A to B and so we're just, not there to just throw, just throw this that. out, Bob, you know, how yeah. many people do you have for, let's say you're, let's say you're going to do a concert at the arena on mm-hmm. Saturday night. How many people do you have and what time do they show up to do a concert that people are going to go to for two hours on a, on a Saturday night? So, yeah. So like a load in for a show, depending on the, depending on the production level, you know, how many trucks they have and the facility we're doing it at how let's say it's brooks and dunn let's just throw that out there you know what i mean oh well you know if it's a simple country show like if it's a five six truck country show like we're going to load in probably seven eight a.m in the morning right they'll probably take us for maybe five hours on the on the outside depending on where they're at the tour if it's a brand new tour it's the first time they're setting up we might go five hours on the load in maybe six who knows right because they're still working shit out. And then guys will, you know, most of the crew will get cut. This could be, you know, it could be 
50, 60 stage hands, and then it could be another 12 riggers, probably another eight loaders, a forklift driver. Spotlight guys. You know, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, close to 100 people. Close to 100 people for a a two-hour show on a Saturday night. And then so after you load in, you whittle down to your show staff, right? So all the deckhands, the guys who are going to, guys and gals who are going to move stuff, uh, you know, for the show. So there's an opening act, take them off, move the next act on, rinse, repeat until you get to the main act kind of a thing. There's going to be spotlight operators. There could be camera operators. You know, there's a lot of people that could work on this show. Security. and Oh, lots of security. Tons of security. And in this day and age, oodles of them. Right. So we do the show, which is, you know, what, 90 minutes, two hours max. And then the crew comes back about 1030 at night and they knock it all back out. And they usually add a few more people on the loadout call because they're, you know, they're itching to get out of there. They have an overnight drive to the next city. And, you know, it's just one of those things where they just want to get it done and get to the next one. You know, scratch that one off, get to the next one and go. That's what it is on tour. That's just one band. One band. On a Saturday night. night. Right. And and you got to realize, too, that there'd be many nights where I would have three different venues going off. And it literally could have been back in the day, you know, back a year or two ago, whatever, it was a stadium one night, a stadium on a night, and the same night we'd have an amphitheater show and a show out, uh, you know, at another venue right? where we have a group system. So there's a lot of people involved, a lot of people involved, just hundreds and thousands of them, you know, when you total it all up. Right. All right, so there it is. Not to end on a bad note. No, it's not a bad note. We had a great ride, man. If you know what? <laughs> hey, seriously, we've had a great ride. This has been a fun run, and and I have no regrets. I'm really thankful for everything the business has provided, my family and me, and and all the hundreds of people that you know I've worked with over the years and stuff. It's it's awesome, man. It's totally awesome. But as we know it, it is it is that is done. It is going to change and morph into something else, something new, and who knows what that's going to be. Bob, you are know? you are you walking away, Bob? Are you hanging up your hat? <laughs> no, I don't know, man. You know, honestly, I don't really even know. I don't uh, think you can. I don't think you can. Uh, well, I, de- I think it depends on the future, what's going to happen with the government and what's right. going on with the pandemic Absolutely. thing and all that stuff. Yeah, but I don't think there's going to show, I don't think a show is going to happen in Southern California with that Bob Pantages there. I just Probably don't know. Not. Well, you, ne- you never, never know. I mean, I'm, shit, anything can happen without me. I'm just, a, I'm just another spoke in the wheel. Another monkey so, in the bus. What's, what's, <laughs> yeah. what's Billy Alley going to do without you? What's Billy Alley going to do? Billy Alley's going to look for you. <laughs> yeah, Billy Alley's going to be, where's Bob? Yeah. <laughs> the guys in catering. Is you're, Bob here? Where's Bob? He still owes me fifty bucks for the merch. <laughs> dude, more like more like thirty grand for that merch. Thirty dude. grand. They raped that guy that night. I remember. It wasn't oh, a, it, was, oh, it wasn't a nice day to start again for him. Dude, it was <laughs> gone, gone. <laughs> poor guy, poor guy. But he should listen. Oh, he should, he should listen to Bob. He Bob listen. hold him. Listen Bob to Bob. Him. That's right. Listen to motherfucking Listen to people who know what they're talking about. 
Well, I've, I, you know what? I've always believed in that myself. I, I've always tried to hire and work around smarter people than me because that, that's really where it's at. As a team, we can do anything together then. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not the smartest guy in the room, nor do I claim to be, nor do I want to be. I, that's a heavy responsibility. I just want to fucking see the project through, whatever it is. I don't even care what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like not to the point where I don't care, but like, I don't care what the art is that we're producing. I just want to see it happen and see people enjoy it. That's what I want out of it. And I'll, and I'll you know? tell you, I'll tell you firsthand knowledge of Bob Pantages that he's the same guy that will be putting tents up in the vendor area at the Vans, uh, whatever the name of the Warp, Warp Tour. Tour. Yeah. He's that guy, and he'll also be the boss in the next show. It doesn't matter as long as the show's getting done. He didn't care. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't matter, man. He'll be like putting. He'll be putting hot dogs in a bun. As Freddie Mercury. As Freddie Mercury. As Freddie Mercury said. Let me get that for you, sir. There you go. Yeah. Well, we know Freddie Mercury always said. He always said the show must go on, right? Right. That's what Freddie Absolutely. said too, and it does. And it's not. It's not about like I said the art, but it's about Bob. I think Bob thinking doing the best job to his ability and make sure people have fun and that's what it's all about yeah because yep. who wants to go who wants to go to crap you know crappy show and it's poorly put on did you saw what happened with the the porter johns and whatnot oh, listen, <laughs> listen bob works by example when bob puts that when bob puts that sharpie and that flashlight oh. around his neck oh. the show's gonna happen oh the show is about, <laughs> things are about to get serious <laughs> even if we have to drive all the way to memphis that night bob will be the one that's doing it let me tell you something. Bob Pantages, we love you. Yes. Thank love you for you being too. on the show. Yeah, thank you thank so much. You and thank you for everything you, you do across the board for all the music bands, industries, and fans out there. And we know we'll get through all this, and we'll see you again. You'll be out there doing your thing and making the magic happen again. So thank you so much for that. Thank you, guys. Love you. Thank you. Love you, too. Take care. You, too.